You're listening to Weather Hype, a podcast where we talk about weather, climate, and how it affects you. I'm Min. And I'm Castle. And on today's episode, our first episode since National Weather Podcast Month, we're kind of taking it a little chill. It's been a little hectic for the past uh, few weeks, and uh, I'm working on my thesis. Castle's working on his uh, schoolwork and research as well. So we're going to have a little bit of a uh, shooting the breeze kind of episode. But we also have a story involving tornado coverage and March Madness, and we'll also just be catching up and discussing some of the new things that I've tried. As Dakota would say, get hype, because weather hype is coming up next. Now I'm the reason why you broke up with him and got back together Thought I was sunshine, but baby, I'm bad weather I'm off the Doppler in the five-day forecast By the time they hear me, I've already pushed the shore back No, no, I wasn't always like this Skies cleared soon as my daylight lit Sidewalks dried up, no snow emergency I could take you February and turn it into spring Get gone, I get gone, and I don't need anyone to know better. Put your faith to the top. Hey, how's it going? You know, it's, it's, it's going, going. kind of. <laughs> uh, it's a little stressful. About to graduate in May. Whoop, whoop. Technically, my graduation day is May the 5th. And I'll be walking on that day. But I'm not actually defending my thesis until later on in May, like a couple weeks after that. So it's down to the wire and I have to finish writing my thesis, still analyzing the data, throwing it in um, SPSS, analyzing it statistically and uh, writing all my sections. But uh, I am getting there. I am getting there surely, uh, surely, but slowly. And what I mean to say is slowly, but surely. Yeah, it's just a painstaking process of writing a bunch, editing a bunch, sitting down and doing all that stuff. And, you know, you've been through that process. You know how it goes. Yeah, and it's just something you kind of have to work through and figure out how you work best, and it's sucky thing, but anyone that's done a master's has to go through it. Do you listen to music when you write? Um, only if I'm actually, if I'm writing, not really. Mm. I like to have quiet and silence when I'm writing, but if I'm analyzing data or doing something that I can, uh, like making tables or making charts or graphics, right. then I can listen to music, which um, we'll get to a little bit later, but that Spotify pop rising is on point. Everything it's on so there good. is so good, and it changes so frequently too. So you you have some nice fresh tunes that you can listen to, but we'll get into that a little bit more later in our uh, song of the week. So uh, Castle, what else have you been up to, by the way? <sighs> lots of things, trying to get some final touches on a manuscript out, lots of social time. I've been trying to keep it balanced. It's kind of that moment in the semester where it's like the calm before the storm, like you know things are coming yeah. up quick, like deadlines are coming. And so this weekend, I kind of just took it easy because I knew this was going to be my last weekend before like the end of the semester where I didn't have to do anything. So I tried to just hang out with people and kind of recharge before I pushed, like go through the final push of the semester. Wait, and you also, you got got an opportunity, right? With your NSF grant that you have, you're going to be working with the National Weather Service folks in uh, a headquarters for the summer, right? Yes. I was going to say we both need to talk about our summer experiences or opportunities that are coming up but yeah so through my nsf fellowship we have an opportunity to do either an internship program or kind of a study abroad um and so i and you have to apply for both they, they're just not guarantees so i applied for the the graduate research mm-hmm. internship program which is uh, nsf grip for short and i am going to be working with the National Weather Service in hey. Silver Spring, which is pretty exciting, working with 
some social scientists there and doing some awesome work. And I'm just excited to learn new things from them from the operational side. I've only been able to learn slowly through like the academic side of social science and want to learn more about the operational side as hopefully, fingers crossed, that's where I'll end up one day. Yeah, so I'll be conducting the research in Athens, but I will have uh, lots of conference calls, which we both love, and um, a few trips back and forth so we can figure out the methodology, nice. the survey questions we're going to ask, and that type of thing. So it should be lots of fun, great experience, and working with some awesome people. So I'm pumped. Yeah, yeah. That's so exciting. Awesome stuff. Congratulations. Thank you. And you also have an exciting opportunity that you should tell us about as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm uh, I'm super stoked about it. I will be working at Fire Island National Seashore with the National Park Service in conjunction with uh, the University of Washington. And we're going to be looking at climate change communication and how to develop toolkits and other tools that park rangers can use, but also educating the public, uh, park visitors, and people in the Northeast, not only at Fire Island, but also at other national parks and other uh, organizations throughout the Northeast. So we're going to get our assignment, or I'm going to get my assignment pretty soon, and I'm talking to my supervisor to try to figure out what exactly I'll be doing. But I also have uh, the liberty and uh, freedom to do more of the creative stuff that I've been doing with other opportunities I've had in the past. So I'm really excited to bring uh, some uh, some fun, hopefully, and uh, really learn about climate change communication because it's something I'm really passionate about. Science communication overall. And granted, I didn't really have that background in uh, climate research as much as I did for meteorology, but I'm excited to jump into that and transition into uh, talking not only about weather, but also the bigger scope of, of climate as well, especially nowadays with how crazy everything is. So hopefully I'll start, I think I'm starting the day before my birthday. Mm. <laughs> so uh, that's like uh, June 6th, I think. And I have to drive up there from Georgia a couple days ahead of that just to, to make it there. But I'm excited. I think it'll be great. It's going to be a lot different from my summer before when I was in the mountains all summer. Now I'm going to be on the beach all summer. And nice. I mean, I've grown up on the coast in Georgia, but I, it's not like I went to the beach every day. So this time around, I'm literally living on a beach. That'll be interesting. I'm going to need to wear a lot of sunscreen. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm going to get burnt. You're going to get burnt. I'm not going to be saying I'm so pale no more. <laughs> But yeah, so doing the podcast this summer should be interesting between both of our, <laughs> but we will yeah. figure it out. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of like pre-recorded. Well, I thought about it too. We normally, we well, we normally, we always co-host it with each other. Mm -hmm. But if it comes down to it, I wonder how you feel. I haven't really talked to you about it until now, but about like doing it individually and piecing it together or developing like a story almost mm -hmm. like an NPR. Because you know, you, you listen on NPR, There's they have reporters and producers who make their own story right. and they edit it all together and then they the host will be like and now we have so-and-so who has this story and it goes to their story i wonder if if it comes down to it and we're not able to communicate like we do now if we go about doing this podcast a little bit differently in a way that's more friendly to our busier schedules yeah i think that's definitely an option but we could also kind of explore the kind of the guest co-host thing as well where we have friends or other true people that we that are friends of the podcast that want to kind of hop on and that way if perhaps one week you can't do it and then so i have someone then we kind of flip flop yeah. that way or we could just have me and a guest co-host if you're not able to do it this summer and then every other episode would be like a story piece that you do um, yeah so i think there's a lot of different ways that we could make it work 
but it's still calling for an intern, huh? <laughs> yes, we are calling out anyone who's interested <laughs> or anyone that's we need help that's trying to be like a producer at some point in their future and would like to kind of mix our episodes together. That would be amazing because we're running short on time ourselves. Yeah, and having to do it all. So again, if you would like, <laughs> we are if you like ex- a two-man band. If you want experience for your CV or your resume, hit us up. Hey, it's good experience too, for real, because especially nowadays when everything seems to be entry level, it's really hard for people to get an opportunity or land an opportunity. And just to have something like, oh, I was a producer for a podcast or I was doing something else that actually looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're we're a decent podcast, I think. So <laughs> we I Rick Smith said so. He liked it. Thanks, Rick. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> I guess we should kind of transition. Yeah, We've been talking a I lot. I was trying to figure out how to transition. <laughs> We'll make it rough, whatever. Or we'll just put some music here. Um, But uh, let's talk about the weather society aspect of the episode today. And uh, it comes with your favorite topic of sports, because we know how much you love that. (laughs) Have you been paying attention to any of the basketball games during March Madness? No, but so I share an office with some other grad students, you know, 215 is our room. And so there's a TV in there and sometimes they're watching it. And today, at some point, someone walked in was like, blah, 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 blah. And they were saying <laughs> something. And then they turned to me and they're like, Castle, I'm sure you're loving this conversation. I looked up at him and I was like, I literally have no clue what you said. I was not paying attention to you. <laughs> and so, yeah, it just it does not phase me whatsoever. I I watch every now and then when it's on TV. My roommate watches it. So I'll, I'll pay attention every now and then. And I... I guess I stay in the loop with all the conversation, uh, either through talking to other people or on social media. But Kentucky lost to North Carolina yesterday. Um, University of South Carolina, they're in the Final Four. I don't think they've ever been that far at all. And they never, they're never really known for being good at basketball. But they, uh, they are, apparently. <laughs> they beat Florida. So that's cool to see. And then I think... Gonzaga is another school in the Final Four, and I believe Oregon is the other school. The game that we're focusing on is the UNC Kentucky game because it had a. We're not focusing on it because it had necessarily a crazy ending to it where there was like a last minute shot. We're more focusing on it because there are a lot of people that are pissed off, right? Well, I I wouldn't say a lot of people. It's kind of focused in on the Columbus, Ohio area. Right. That could be a lot of people watching the game in Columbus, Ohio, my friend. But like, I don't know why they're so upset because it's not like their school or anywhere even remotely near them. But if you're thinking about this, what if you're watching the Super Bowl? It might not be your team, but it's a big deal. I mean, you would have to equate it to The Bachelor with me. Like if The Bachelor was on oh my and <laughs> it cut out like and I choose and it cuts out then. I mean, it's so funny that you mentioned that, though, because locally we have a um, cable provider called Suddenlink and they actually have a commercial. Suddenlink is cable and they're dissing satellite and showing a uh, fake bachelorette bachelor TV mm. show. One person has satellite and the other person has Suddenlink and there's a thunderstorm and they're about to be like, and I choose. And then the satellite provider, it goes black because of the thunderstorm and but the cable provider gets to see the whole entire thing and so it's just kind of funny that you mentioned that because that's the exact same scenario that was uh mimicked in the commercial but yeah going back to the story i think that it's i guess it depends like i don't know enough about the situation was columbus in the like the warning area or was this like far off far far away yeah uh let me look 
Because I think the biggest issue here is, I think it's fine that the game was interrupted. Yes, it was kind of unfortunate timing, but I think it's should be like we have this conversation over and over about whether when should TV broadcasters cut in and when's the appropriate time to convey information and that type of thing. I don't think it matters about the subject matter. It's going to be difficult for some people to take that. But if it's like life or death situation, you can always watch that last three seconds on YouTube. But I think the issue here was it went to a black screen that just had like tornado warning at the top of the screen when in fact they could have relayed that information at the bottom of the basketball game. And so it wasn't like a broadcaster was cutting in and being like, you need to take shelter now. And this is the tornado warning for your area. And it's moving this path and blah, 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 kind of like James Spann does when he cuts in and like shows all that information. I think the biggest issue here is one, it interrupted their game that they're really crazy intense about with like, they're super close to one another within a short time frame. But then secondly, it didn't provide them with the information that they needed, or it didn't kind of release that fear or that tension that was happening with both the basketball game and the severe weather. So it was kind of like this perfect storm of bad weather information. Why did it cut away to a black screen, though, is what I'm trying to figure out. I have no clue. I think that's probably the biggest question that we have from this incident i would think because i've never heard of a news station like segueing to a black screen that just says tornado warning at the top with someone talking over the black screen it must have been a technical audio issue or something or maybe that did some kind of override but yeah like you said normally it's severe weather coverage you have a meteorologist standing either on the green screen or uh at the studio and they have a radar up and at least they have a radar up um, but I, in this situation with the black screen, and so, you know, we had a little bit of discussion on the Weather Students page, and I was thinking, you know, if it came down to it, a scroller or a ticker doesn't really do the job. Because if you're watching a basketball game and there is a tornado barreling down uh, on you, I don't think you're going to pay attention to it, you know, the ticker at the bottom, right. if you're watching this intense game. Most of the time, I don't think they're going to do much. Hopefully, or in the future, a double box would have been good. Having a double window where you have the game on the left and you have the studio and the people on the right, that might be something. And, you know, the audio of a basketball game isn't as important as the audio of a tornado, but at least you can still watch it, you know, visually. So I feel like that would be something that could have been done if they're ready for it, maybe. And then on top of that, I was going to ask you, a lot of people are really frustrated and mad about the situation is there anything in psychology literature or anything like that where it could indicate that people would be uh, more angry and more pissed off at the meteorologist or the TV station that they lose credibility? So if something were, th- were to happen in the future, the same people that are mad about being taken away from a basketball game would not listen to uh, severe weather warnings in the future? That's kind of a tough question because one, I'm not sure whether I know the source or whether they know the source to lose credibility from. So is it the TV broadcast or like the television network that they're losing credibility with or the National Weather Service that they're losing credibility with? Because we don't really know what the message was saying. So it would be difficult to reduce credibility in that sense. Wait, so why would you think the National Weather Service is losing credibility? I don't know who the individual is attributing this mistake or quote unquote mistake to. Do you think that they could potentially be attributing it to the National Weather Service though? When it's scrolling across the screen, if the person talking is saying the National Weather Service has issued a tornado warning for the following area, 
Mm-hmm. They're providing them with someone to kind of target in that sense. Gotcha. Okay. So I can see um, that. I think it would be interesting to see from the person from like a general public perspective who they think is in charge of this or who who caused this to occur because then it's kind of difficult to figure out where credibility is going to be lost with whom because we don't know the message's source or if we do know the message's source we don't know who the public is attributing that message source to i feel like in this situation from my experience and again it's not something that's backed up in literature that i can think of at the top of my head but a lot of people tend to attribute things that are going on on their network television stations if something were to go wrong they always attribute it to the local affiliate Mm. because that's the people that they know and are most familiar with you know who your main anchor is on tv for the news and so you automatically think about the tv station you know of which they're a part so if you know the channel goes black it might not be your tv station's issue it could be like a cable issue or your satellite issue and they'll yell at the tv station similar to how they have like blackouts for different tv networks because you know like direct tv and this channel are having a dispute and so your your tv channel is off for the next you know two or three weeks until they could resolve the issue they always almost always call the local tv station they're like why did you lose my channel like what'd mm. you do and it's not the TV channel station's fault. But um, people always get mad. And working at a TV station, they yell at you. They call you up and they yell at you. And they're like, what What happened to my you know, football game? Or what happened to this or that? Same thing with when um, you're watching the NFL football games. And they have a television local uh, market blackout. Which I think means that, let's say the Atlanta Falcons don't sell out all of their tickets. Then they may not show the Atlanta Falcons on TV in Georgia. Because they're like, well... You guys all had money to go, I guess, buy tickets. And if you're not going to buy them and you live close enough to Atlanta, we're not going to let you watch it for free on TV. So the NFL network and the NFL people, they're the ones that get to, you know, institute whether or not there's a blackout. So the local TV station gets yelled at by people who are like Falcons fans. They're like, why is the Falcons not being shown on TV? And the stations are like, we don't control that, yo. It's NFL. So little things like that where the TV stations always end up getting uh, chewed out for things that are beyond their control, which makes me think that because of the scroller or the blackout for the uh, UNC Kentucky game, people are more likely to yell at the TV station. And if you go on their Facebook page, you can see a ton of people like giving them one-star ratings and yelling at them. (laughs) Even though, I mean, yeah, I guess in this situation, it was, I think it's their fault. I don't know who decided to do that. But I think they're attributing it to the TV station itself and not necessarily the National One Service. Well, that's good. But I think the best part is, I don't, I'm not going to say I don't think at all, but I would likely doubt that these individuals would lose credibility in the warning system completely. I feel like that's probably like way far down on their mm-hmm. list of priorities, which is kind of a good thing. But I think the best, <laughs> the, the best thing we can learn in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. For the situation. I think the best thing that we can learn from this is probably that if we do need to cut in on some highly energetic or intensive sporting event, it needs to one, like be, for their area or for like a serious threat and two, maybe have some kind of human or some like someone's a face or someone that they can recognize that can kind of reduce that tension of them cutting away. So what if the tornado was in the Columbus, Ohio viewing area though? It was far from Columbus itself, but right. in the viewing area, you can't forget your rural people. I know. So 
does that call to you warrant a serious enough situation because that's always a dispute of yeah okay like the city itself where the tv station is located probably has the most people who watch the channel but you also can't neglect people who live out in the outlying areas who are also being impacted um so i don't know if the situation needs to be less or more severe but i think the technical aspect of displaying that threat on tv Mm -hmm. on the on the uh channel is something that can be explored not necessarily uh if the storm was bad or worse yeah and i think this is interesting because it would be extremely cool if it was like the tornado is a will potentially affect these three counties within the next 30 minutes and so those three counties are the only television viewers in those three counties are the only ones that see maybe like a more intense message but i don't know if the technical capabilities to do that are here or not i think it's there i think we just need to invest in it i I don't know if we talked about it or there was discussion somewhere else but the idea of localizing the threat like if you know Mm. where the tornado is going to go like but you have a ballpark estimate of the counties that it would affect then you can target them and i think the capability is there i just don't think that we have the investment to make that happen right now and also people were saying like oh well satellite tv you know it's not localized Mm. enough to be able to do that but then again you get local on the eights for your local area so <laughs> someone's doing something i don't know we need to even get like direct tv or at&t on here <laughs> and talk to for them real. about it but yeah i think it goes back to this idea of targeted messaging and how cool and interesting that would be for the future of weather communication is like you getting a personalized warning because you live in this morning polygon and your tv is on it's like men there's a tornado warning for your area you need to take shelter now and just by adding those personal touches makes it more likely for someone to act because they're like oh this message was intended for me it's specific to me and therefore i should act on it so this idea of kind of getting more localized and smaller is kind of an exciting thought to think of especially in weather communication it's kind of relevant with the whole smart TV thing that was going on with, you know, the CIA or whatever spying with people using smart TVs. But no, I haven't heard of this. You haven't heard about it? No, I haven't. So the CIA, there was like a um, document leaked by, I forgot who it was. It might have been the uh, WikiLeaks people. But the CIA can spy on people through your smart TV, even though you turn it off. It can still hear your conversations and they're allowed to use that to find terrorists or anyone who's try, uh, potentially linked to terrorism. And it's supposed to be used abroad for the most part. I think you're supposed to only use it outside the United States. You're not allowed to spy on Americans. And a lot of people were freaking out and they're like, oh my gosh, like my smart TV can be listening to me and it could be watching me and stuff like that. But anyway, that was kind of relevant <laughs> to it. But A smart TV is essentially a large smartphone, right? Right. And so if we can put warnings on a smartphone, why we don't maybe in the future, we don't need to have a local television station beam their signal to our TV while we're watching it. Maybe the smart TV can turn on and alert you no matter what channel you're watching Mm -hmm. at any time and localize it too by your um, location. I didn't really think about that until it just came up, but why not? If the smart TV is the future then you can have alerts come on your TV while you're watching it like you do your phone or anything else. I guess the the WIA or whatever technology has to be able to keep up with that because even people who get their alert on their phone may not act on it. And I guess 
I think you're going to say something, but I just want to add in real quick that even if you're in that local area and you're watching the basketball game, if you're really into the basketball game, do you really think they're going to actually take cover and take shelter? Because I don't think they will until their house starts to shake. <laughs> like, I just don't think they will. I would hope they would, but I, I highly doubt it, which is it's sad, but that a silly basketball game is going to potentially kill them i mean would you would you take shelter if you're watching the bachelor and they're about to give out the final rose i mean there's nothing there's nothing i could do at that point like if they cut away and then i might as well for me i have direct tv capability streaming on my phone so i could just go in the closet or the bathroom and still stream it on my phone uh but i don't think everyone has that capability but i i tend to think that we say we would because it's not us but if Mm -hmm. it were to come up in the in you know reality I don't know if I would. Like, if there was a tornado and I was outside, I feel like I'd be the dumb one videotaping it instead oh of taking gosh, shelter, even though I know I'm not supposed not to. That person. I know, I know, I know. But you can't help it. I mean, I even saw a video that um, our professor, Dr. Moat from Georgia, posted about a tornado that hit Puerto Rico. And I'm pretty sure the person who took the video was a meteorologist, and he was outside on like a high balcony videotaping a tornado going through, I don't know, maybe a city in Puerto Rico. But I was like, see, like even meteorologists are going to do the same thing. We always put ourselves in danger, even though we know we shouldn't. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry, you were saying something. Um, but going back to your idea of the smart TVs, I think it's a very interesting concept. I just wonder whether like broadcasters, how they feel about this idea of smart TVs. Is that taking away from the on-air meteorologist position or job to convey this risk information i mean maybe they can do some kind of network agreement where Mm. if there is a storm warning then you know it'll have an alert and then it'll automatically pop you over to the local tv station or a special station that does it i don't know if it gives the viewer the option of going back to what they're watching or it makes them stay on that channel uh i don't know it's very it's very interesting i I told you at my my school at ecu they when during a tornado warning they have they pop on every computer screen no matter where you are if you're connected to the network then it has that and you have to click a couple buttons for it to finally get off of the tornado warning blinking screen so maybe something like that i don't know but again is it a problem of not getting the message or not acting on the message right. because how many people get the we alert on their phone tornado warning or they're driving in their car and the radio makes that awful you know yes. noise and do you actually pull over because i i don't i just hear it like oh okay well here comes a nasty thunderstorm but I don't think most people will because they're inconvenienced by other things that they're doing. So they're not going to take the action. So I don't know if it's more of a communication issue or a, you know, behavior sense of it won't happen to me. I'm busy doing other things. I don't want to be disturbed by this storm that could potentially, you know, kill me. Uh, you know, I think it's easy to sit back behind a microphone and say, yeah, we do it. But I'm not so sure personally for me, maybe you, but I feel like I'll be the dumb one that does something stupid. So with WIA alerts, you don't get severe thunderstorm warnings through WIA alerts. When we had the really bad storms last Tuesday with the hailstorms, there were six severe thunderstorm warnings in uh, an hour and 15 minutes time period. And I didn't get a single WIA alert. But then as soon as the severe thunderstorms were over, they issued a flash flood warning. And then I did get a WIA alert for that. Extreme alerts from the National Weather Service include warnings for tsunamis, tornadoes, extreme wind, hurricane, and typhoons. Oh. Uh, uh, severe alerts from the National Weather Service include warnings for flash floods and dust storms. Hmm. I don't see anything about severe thunderstorms, okay. though. So severe thunderstorms do not. As of what I'm finding on here, no. 
that might actually relate back to the frequency of severe thunderstorms that there was a piece in uh, the weather social that talked about the frequency That's right, yeah. of severe thunderstorm warnings issued. That was another question that I was going to have is would the smart TVs affect the number of alerts or warnings that you receive? As you know, my I have a, 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 a very interesting position on warning near fatigue. and dear to your heart. Yeah. So that, that always comes <laughs> to mind, but that's something else to think about. Yeah, no, for sure. I think when I grew up, well, when I grew up, when I'm still grew growing. <laughs> when I was a little boy, uh, I, um, I don't know. I, I didn't really pay attention to the whole severe thunderstorm warning, you know, terminology. I just knew that a thunderstorm was cool and interesting and it, it impacted me. Uh, I don't know if there was a warning or more warnings via smart TVs or stuff like that. I feel like there is a potential for people to be like, oh, yeah, there's this false alarm or just overly warning people. Because just because you're under the severe warning polygon doesn't mean you're going to get the most intense part of the storm. And someone like me who's grown up and experienced tons of thunderstorms, whether or not they have the severe weather designation, uh, it doesn't really matter to me because I've seen plenty of crazy thunderstorms without any warning. And things that we talk about, lightning is always a threat with any thunderstorm. But it doesn't have to be a severe thunderstorm for you to get struck and killed by lightning mm-hmm. or for there to be a little bit of hail or a strong wind. But to make you know that criteria for the warning to be issued, it's supposed to be more impactful for you, but not necessarily. And someone who's grown up where I get thunderstorms all the time, a severe thunderstorm oftentimes isn't much different in my mind, in my experience, from a normal thunderstorm. It's just a way of life. Something that kind of just sparked my attention, I feel like I saw something in the Wuzz's page about having high-end severe thunderstorm warnings for WIA. That was like a suggestion or something, perhaps? Ah, here it is. A WIA update hidden in the middle of this month's NWS Aware newsletter. The NWS is currently working to add notifications for high-end severe thunderstorm warnings. Does anyone know mm. what the criteria would be used to determine what a what makes a high-end? What partners are they working this through with? Is that through the, Nash, the NOAA Weather Ready Nation Ambassador thing? Or through any of that stuff? Or no? I do not think so. This sounds like... I'm not sure what NWS Aware is, but I think it's probably an internal newsletter within the, within the National Weather Service. Okay. Well, it kind of goes back to what you were just saying, huh? About if there's yeah. a warning on the on your phones through the wireless emergency alert system for a severe thunderstorm. NWS Aware is a report, a free publication from the National Weather Service geared to emergency management community partners and NWS staff. And they actually have everything on a website. That's nice. It's open to the pub or uh, free to the public to access. I'll uh, link it to you in the Google Doc and we'll link it to you guys on the website Perfect. too. Yeah, so someone someone commenting says if I were to guess, it would be 70 miles per, 75 mile per hour winds or two inch hail would be considered a high end severe thunderstorm warning. Now you know. Castle, try something new. <laughs> That's my transition into wow, that was our segment because every time we record, it seems like you're doing something new. I mean, so Castle. I gotta try. <laughs> Tell the world, what have you done that's new? Well, let me get out my list here because there's so many things that I had to write No, no, you have to save. You can only do one. You can't list them all. You have to save them for future oh episodes. Gosh. Unless you did a bunch. You said you did a bunch in the past week or two, right? Yeah, I did six in the past two weeks. 
does that mean that I'm just lacking on life and I need to do more? I feel like it's just because I have I don't do anything. So when I do something new, it's like huzzah. <laughs> why don't I do this? A lot of them are food. So why don't I Ooh. pick a food, one food and one activity? Okay, that's fun. Works for me. Okay. So uh, a couple weeks ago, like maybe a week and a half ago after happy hour, which is like a, a event that our department hosts on Friday afternoons, we go to like this local bar and just kind of chill and hang out and kind of mingle with the department as friends and kind of a big mingle. family. So... After that, we went to this Mexican restaurant because I've been wanting some authentic Mexican food because I haven't found a, a good restaurant in Athens for that yet. And so... Really? Yeah. Do you know of one? There's a lot of good ones. Yeah. There's the one that's like really far away and, and they have like a dirt parking lot. I don't remember what the name okay. of that one is called. Restaurant with dirt that's... parking lot. <laughs> okay. Hold on. You talk. I'll Google. Um, so anyway, we went to this authentic place. It was kind of like this hole in the wall. It was so... It was very good. Um, I didn't really try anything. What was it called? Do you remember? Huh? Yeah, it was called. Uh, I think that's Talalak. the one you're talking. Yeah, Tal Talalak. Yeah, Talalak. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was the same one. Yeah, so that's where we went. We went to Talat Talalak. I think is how you pronounce it. And I didn't. <laughs> I didn't get anything kind of crazy out there. I stuck with kind of my in my wheelhouse. But other people got things, and so at this dinner, I tried avocado which I've never tried before. It was pretty plain and like, it was, I don't know, kind of refreshing. And then... <laughs> plain and yet refreshing. Well, it was. It was just, it didn't taste like much, but then I had it like at the end of my meal. So it was kind of like this palate cleanser a little. Yeah, yeah. And so then one of my friends, Coleman, shout out Coleman. He loves the podcast. He got Hello, beef Coleman. tongue tacos, I believe. And wow. so I tried beef tongue and it was, it was actually really good. I was surprised. It was just, it just tasted like steak. I guess like when I think of that, I just think of like the shape of a tongue on a taco. Yeah, it like wasn't, just, it was like but, cube steak almost. It was cut up into cute little okay. cubes. Yeah. Interesting. It wasn't just like this cow tongue just like laying there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's what I tried. And it was, I was pleasantly surprised the other thing that I did was this past weekend, my friend Lori had her birthday party. Shout out, Lori. And Happy birthday, belated Lori. And so we had like a birthday, like potluck kind of at her house. And at it, we played beer pong. And I've never played beer pong before, minus Gasp. the alcohol, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's crazy that you've never done beer pong before. Yeah, I've never played it. I'm like... That's crazy. Yeah, I'm 26, and that never happened. Were you good at it? I actually was, surprisingly. Um, <laughs> everyone kept complimenting me on it, and I was like, it's really like, I'm not really that good, I promise. And everyone's like, you just hit three in a row, like, that's good. And they're like, they kept telling me like this terminology to use, like heating up, and like I had to say that after my second shot, and once I hit the third, they're like, you're on fire, and I got to throw another one, and I don't know, it was just very confusing. <laughs> Lots of weird terminology that I was not aware of and the way that you like realign the cups like play button was like one so it's like a tr like kind of like a side triangle and yeah there was some very interesting names but we'll leave it at that <laughs> well did you enjoy it I did enjoy it I mean it just I don't see how people play it for a long like extended period of time it just got kind of boring so I'm taking it you've never done like flip cup or anything like that before either no I've played okay 
I feel like I've we'll played have to flip, do a flip, flip cup, cup next time I see you. It's fun. I feel like I've played that. Okay. This is literally you flip a cup. I mean, these drinking games are very basic because you don't want to be thinking too hard when you're intoxicated, you know? <laughs> you don't have the, ca- the capacity to think too hard when you're that yeah. intoxicated. It kind of reminds me of when I was in Denver this summer and I went to a friend's house and they had the Beer Olympics mm. and we were playing all sorts of like really crazy games where you kind of had to think really hard and we all just got really confused and we didn't know what was going on. <laughs> it was like, uh... I mean, luckily, I wasn't, like, super intoxicated because I don't really like to drink out like that, you know, mm-hmm. like, a whole bunch of alcohol at once. Um, but it was there was one that was, like, an obstacle course where you had to do a bunch of different things. And I was like, eh, I'm going to just sit back and watch. I'm going to let y'all do your thing. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I think beer pong is fun for a little bit, too. But once you keep on doing it, after you keep on winning, well, winning gets kind of boring, you know. <laughs> okay don't ask trump he doesn't know what winning is oops Ooh, sorry burn. that's your political <laughs> that's your political uh stab of the podcast but it's funny that you mentioned the whole beer pong thing because i was actually playing beer pong i wasn't drinking either because i've been sober for a while because i am taking the medication i can't drink blah 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 but my friend was also saying he'd never played beer pong before and i thought it was very weird but <laughs> hey y'all do y'all did but, he uh, play i was at a or she yeah played? he did play okay he played yeah yeah, I think everyone's playing with water, but they had like jello uh, shot things mm. that, that were interesting. Um, but I was at a friend's uh, house and we had a Harry Potter party. She, uh, her name's Sarah. Uh, shout out Sarah. She threw a Harry Potter party last year. And when she does this stuff, she goes all out. Okay, she was a huge Harry <laughs> Potter amazing. fanatic. And I, I'm a big fan too, but nowhere as close to, to being a big, big fan as hers. But she would have like the front door of her apartment had like platform nine and three quarters and a brick uh, design. So you would like go through, you know, to get to That's so the train. Cool. And then uh, she had Moaning Myrtle on her toilet. So when you like lifted up the toilet <gasps> to use the restroom, Moaning Myrtle would be sitting there. It was so hilarious. Cool. She got lipstick and wrote um, the Chamber of Secrets has been opened <gasps> and oh wrote gosh. that on the mirror. So I was like, wow, this is perfect. And then uh, she had the fireplace, so she had like a Gryffindor common room sign right above the fireplace. And then we had uh, like last year she made butterbeer. She didn't make it this year, but she had a bunch of just like awesome decorations and stuff everywhere. She had floating candles. That was really cool. So the way she made those was she got like uh, paper towel rolls and painted them white. Mm. And then she made these wax designs on them and then painted them over and then put those little... uh, candles with light, uh, batteries on them mm-hmm. she taped them to the top and hung them with a uh, clear string so that was really cool so those are just kind of like chilling and floating everywhere and then um just uh like the painting of the fat lady the gryffindor common room uh painting was but put up on the door with a picture of dumbledore like sleeping in a portrait all around like awesome really really cool and really fun and we played harry we uh, watched the movies all night it had like different foods and stuff like that so it was really cool. Liked it a lot. Wow. Yeah. She don't play no games when it comes to her. For potty. real. Makes me want to get my wand out and come and join you. <laughs> God, that sounded really bad. That sounded really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to whip so out my sorry. wand. My uh, <laughs> dragon heart string. You know. <laughs> my something core. Oh my, my dragon God. core. Whatever. You are a sick, sick Please child. There are children that. listening to this podcast. <laughs> there are children listening to this. Please remove that. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Keeping that in there. That has oh to stay, please. <sighs> well, speaking of kids and podcasts, you watched the video and I watched the video too that my friend posted on my wall, Angela. I did. Uh, that was pretty funny, huh? It was. The kid was awesome. I wish I had that passion for science 
at that young of an Wait, age. Wait, so I guess. what? Why was he on the Ellen Show? For those who didn't see the video, I'm not sure why he was on there. I'm assuming it's just because he has a podcast and he's like six or seven years old, and he talks about all kinds of different science-related topics like climate change and evolution. I think was another one, a big podcast that he's done, and he gets these fairly well-known scientists to come on and talk about science with him. How did he do that? I want I don't a cool, know. renowned scientist. I'm like, wait, we've already gotten a few, but I want more. <laughs> but I just think that just his person, like his passion and enthusiasm for science was just refreshing to see, especially in a yeah. young kid, because science and math are kind of not as well adopted by the younger generation, I guess you could say. So it was nice to see him like enthusiastic and wanting to learn more about it. Yeah. I mean, when we're all that young, we're not really thinking that hard about that kind of stuff normally. No. I mean, we're inquisitive, but I don't think... Just like I mean, I Power Rangers. meteorology back then, too, but <laughs> yeah. I had my Power Rangers, my Legos. I thought I was going to be a um, like an architect or something mm. or a construction person when I was younger because I would build these elaborate uh, Lego skyscrapers. And I'm talking about skyscrapers that went from the floor to the ceiling. Okay, oh, these wow. things are tall. Yeah, and I designed them, and I would turn on my uh, ceiling fan to the highest level, and it would create like a wind uh, <laughs> draft or a breeze to see if my buildings could withstand ah. the wind blowing. It was really cool, and I also made um, you know those Jenga blocks yeah. that kids had. I turned those and I turned them into towers. Like I would build really tall towers. And my parents would be so annoyed because I'd, like, build them in front of the TV. And they'd be, like, eight <laughs> feet high. And they're just like, what are you doing? We can't watch the TV. I think I did that one time during the uh, Super Bowl. And we had guests over. So I had to knock it down. But mm. it's nothing too bad because I would always rebuild it later on. But I would build, like, I had, like, those matchbox cars, too. So I would turn those same blocks. I'd build, like, hotels. And then I'd turn in, I'd make, like, a highway overpass and, like, cars were going under it in it it was so cool i don't know i still kind of get giddy thinking about it but i was a really strange child man i guess i don't know maybe i'll be an architect drop this whole meteorology thing uh, it's gonna be called architect hype i don't think you can a podcast about architecture and building <laughs> if you get to stop being a meteorologist then i get to be a reality star or a well singer. you said you were gonna audition for big brother you never I did know. that I mean, things happen, but... Maybe once I'm ABD. Who? All but dissertation. Like, you take your comprehensive exams and stuff. And so, all uh, you have to do is write okay. your dissertation. Maybe then I will gotcha. apply for Big Brother. Yeah. <sighs> Dreams I mean, might do as well. come true. I'm thinking... I want to apply for Amazing Race one day. That thing's still going. I saw a commercial cool. for it. Yeah. Well, this one for the Amazing Race, they're actually doing strangers. They don't know each other Ooh. pairing up instead of people you know. And I feel like they probably make you, like, you know, fill out your application, talk about your strengths and weaknesses and what you like. Mm -hmm. and they probably purposely pair you up with, with people you, like, would not get along with. Yeah, yeah. But does that mean you can lie? Can they, can they like, penalize you for lying about it? Like, <laughs> you just put the opposite of everything. Yeah, put the opposite of everything. And then when you pair up with someone, you'll be like, oh, look at that. <laughs> We're actually perfect. Producers probably won't get pissed or anything. Maybe, like, way in the future, podcasts will be, like, a huge thing. And they'll have, like, a podcast amazing race. How is that going to happen? What do you mean? What do you mean by a podcast amazing race? Like people who like are hosts of podcasts go on the amazing race. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was, I was lost it for a second. I yeah, like, I got um... you. I had to reel you back in, but I got you. <laughs> maybe. Maybe maybe one day they're going to have like celebrity amazing race no, and it no. just happens to be all podcast people. <laughs> We'd kill it. I we think. could kill it. <laughs> they're going to be like... 
try this food and you'll be like oh <laughs> yeah. and you're gonna have like a segment every like every single episode <laughs> well i mean i'm sure we'd all have things that we'd never done before i think that's part of the point of the amazing races is to do stuff that right. you've um takes you out of your comfort zone a little bit too you know well what would be your weaknesses um put that down well my weakness is how weak i am like i don't really have much oh upper body strength so if they would require like lifting something heavy i don't think i do so well okay um heights I've mm. seen episodes where people have to like bungee jump yeah. off of like a huge tall bridge. I do it, but I won't. I don't want to think about it. Okay. Like I just push me off real quick when I'm not expecting it. I'd rather do that than to be like standing there watching. That would scare the crap out of me. I think. Um, I think things that take me out of my comfort zone, just in general, like not knowing the language that people are speaking, mm-hmm. different foods. I feel like I'm willing to try different foods, but I don't think. I like everything that I try, but I, I'm always willing to try it. But it, com- it comes down to like a fear factor thing. Like I have to eat a tarantula yeah. <laughs> or eat a scorpion. I don't know how I feel about that. Okay. Uh, but I mean, that kind of stuff, I think. I think we would uh, fail. I'm, I'm open minded. I think we. I don't think we would do well because literally each of those things are my weaknesses. Too. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we should, uh... we should diversify then. It was nice to know you. Because <laughs> I mean, there's other things that you have to think, right? It's like a um, escape room kind of thing. Yeah, and people will have to be able to think them. on that. And I feel like you and I would both do well in those right. type of events. But other stuff like um, things that require like a lot of strength. Like I, I'm okay, but I'm not like super duper strong by any well, means. I don't think they normally require a lot of strength do they well there's some that were like there was like an archaeology based uh thing that people had to like dig a bunch and they got tired after digging for like four or five mm-hmm. hours like being on holes man like ain't nobody want to be digging that much the one that i remember was like the most traumatic was it was a, f- a fast forward isn't that a thing where you get to the front yeah. of the line and they had to go through some ritual of a culture and they had to shave their head and this woman was like, I'm not shaving my head. And I remember that. Holy. Uh, yeah. I remember watching that with my family. Yeah. And I was like, just shave your head. It will grow back. Yeah, I know. But it's different for you and for me. I know. Like, we never, we don't have that much hair on our head anyway. But they. I love my hair. Yeah. But, you know, it's different for me than for somebody else who puts a lot of thought into the hair and, and how much it means to them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We've really uh, potpourri it up today, huh? I know. So uh, I guess what is your song of the week? So this week, it's very difficult because as you mentioned earlier in the podcast, this pop rising playlist is off the chain. It makes it so difficult to just pick one song because I have so many favorites. But this week I have chosen At My Best by Machine Gun Kelly featuring Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, I don't know what it is about this song, but I love it, especially the chorus. It's very like... It's motivational. Yeah, it's very like uplifting, and it's just like, you know what? Like, if you don't like me at my worst, then you're definitely not going to like me at my best. And it's just like, you know what? Take that. Like, I am who I am, and you don't have to deal with it if you don't want to. I didn't even recognize her voice. I didn't I didn't know it was her. I thought it was somebody else. Yeah, it's... I like it, though. It's great. It was, it was hard to nice. choose that one, because... Like I said, there's so many good songs on this playlist, but that every time that one comes on, it just like pumps me up and I have to like do a little dance, throw my hands in the air and be like, boom. <laughs> so that's you said someone walked in on you singing that song. Yes. Right? Or was that so it was one? no, it was that one. So in 215, as I mentioned earlier, is like kind of a group office. So there's four of us in that office. And so two of the people, Shana and Neil had left. And when they came back, like they were gone for a, a good while. And so 
I was just like doing my thing, writing, listening to music, listening to music. And this song was on the chorus comes on and I always have to like throw my hand up because it's just like, boom. And as soon as the chorus hit, they walked in and I was like, ooh, and they were like, I see you. (laughs) It was it was it was it was good. It was good. So what about you? What is your song of the week? So also from the... Well, actually, no, it wasn't from the playlist. I actually saw it as a YouTube suggested video to watch. Uh-huh. And it, it came out like the day before. Um, Clean Bandit featuring Zara Larson called uh, Symphony. And I like Zara and I love Clean Bandit and what they do with, you know, putting in orchestra type of music and mixing that with pop. It's like a nice fusion that goes on, a little bit different. I was watching the music video, and that's what really sold me, too. Not Like, the message behind the song of losing somebody, not just even from love. And it can be. You know, maybe you lost someone that you were used to be dating, and then you guys broke up. You don't have them around anymore. But the music video took a much deeper meaning um, in terms of losing someone, like, them passing away. And the music video is great in terms of two guys are dating, and one of them dies, unfortunately. Sorry, I spoiled it for y'all. But the other guy is a symphony conductor. Or one of them is a symphony conductor. And anyway, by the end of it, it's like carrying on the legacy of the music mm. and conducting the symphony, even though the one guy isn't there anymore. And she's standing there in front of the uh, orchestra singing. And it's just really beautiful. And the message is beautiful and the singing is great. And it really hit all the hit all the feels checked all the boxes uh, getting a little teary-eyed listening to the song and and playing the music video but that song i sing very poorly at that but i sing it a lot it's probably gonna (laughs) be playing in the shower when i'm about to hop in the shower in a second that's how you know it's a hit when it's being played in the shower (laughs) the shower (laughs) index (laughs) how many how many times is it being played in the shower is it on repeat or just a one-time event You know, for what duration does this shower song last? Mm. Uh, Yeah, these are all important. Moana is still playing, for sure. She's still up there. But it transitions through Moana and goes to another song and then goes to Symphony. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah, Symphony is such a good song. Everyone has to check it out. It's definitely one of my favorites. I I have to listen to that one and at my best at least a million times a day. And... (laughs) Just, <laughs> yeah you texted me symphony yeah i was like are you okay well it's because <laughs> you're so s- weirded out by that you sent me a snapchat of you singing symphony and so when i saw it i just texted you and i was like symphony but then you were yeah, like why didn't yeah. you just send me a snapback and i was like and i know i told you i don't like having conversations over snapchat because a you lose the conversation so you don't know what the person said before you but also it's just very informal even more informal than texting it is or texting as it is but i was like why don't you just snapchat me because it was through snapchat but anyway i understand (laughs) do you do you understand no i don't i'm just trying to wrap Wrap it up up. and i need a shower (laughs) and i need to write my thesis (laughs) okay bye we have caught up for too long Okay, bye. (laughs) That's our new uh, wrap-up. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye. All right. Well, you want to start wrapping it up? I do. You you know what to do. Um, You can find us in a variety of places, including facebook.com slash weatherhype and weatherhypepodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at weatherhype, both words, weather and hype. Or you can send us a lovely email at weatherhype at gmail.com. I love how it's questioning the name of our website. It's like weatherhypepodcast.com. No, there is not a question um, mark at the end of that address. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. You're going to get a uh, bad website, probably. But yeah, you can also leave us a uh, review or two or more on iTunes or your favorite Android app application. That would be great because um, uh, we'd love for you to do that. And if it c- makes you uh, create more accounts to leave multiple <laughs> reviews, 
so be it because i don't think you can keep on leaving reviews after you've left one yeah i'm not sure about that also if you missed us on the weather junkies you should definitely check that episode out it was very daunting discussing social science as like the two measly human beings that we are in a vast wait why are we measly because we're it was just very daunting to talk about social science when like we're students Um, we do not have the measles we don't have the measles we have a vaccine we're vaccinated we're not (laughs) (laughs) anti-vaxxers that's our second political statement of the podcast (laughs) but yes you should check out our episode on on the weather junkies as well yes sorry about not mentioning that earlier but dakota and tyler it was great to be on the weather junkies and it was a great opportunity i apologize for my audio being so crappy at the beginning i don't i had my headphones turned one way and i was using my podcast mic because my normal laptop was having issues with getting google hangout Mm -mm. so i had to do it for my phone and uh i'm sorry that it was so weird but uh hopefully the audio sounded a little bit better by the uh latter part of the, the episode but it was, it was a lot of fun being on it was a little nerve-wracking being live yes it was compared to what we do normally producing it and editing it but um great information great questions and hopefully uh, people took away from that and listened to that and other weather podcasts throughout the month too yeah it was a great opportunity we had a lot of fun and i guess we're looking to next year uh doing national weather podcast month as well 2018 also um, out of that initiative we also have become a weather ready nation ambassador for the podcast yes Um, we have we were both doug hildebrand you the man we were both already (laughs) weather ready nation ambassadors and so now it's like meta it's like inception our podcast is also (laughs) an ambassador um yes we are but thank you to rick smith for kind of starting this chain reaction of podcasts uh yeah doing the thanks rick. ambassador program and we're happy to be a part of it happy to spread the message of the ambassadors oh we didn't have a <laughs> guest this week if you didn't realize that the guest was ourselves playing ourselves because well you know <laughs> we is what we is yeah again we're trying to chill out for a minute yeah um you know students and academia does come first unfortunately but weather hype is a very close second yes. and then eating and sleeping and breathing <laughs> are third fourth and fifth in that order <laughs> i like how wow, that was good i should be a stand-up five. comedian <laughs> <laughs> breathing is on the fifth one i've had some issues with the breathing this week so uh, uh, you know that happens probably i should place it higher in my priority list but can't can't promise that but we'll have more surprises up our sleeves for you guys sounds good all right well i guess until next time until next time stay hyped stay hyped okay all right well i'll wrap that up like a wound on a band-aid or a bandit on a wound. <laughs> That's a lot better than what I was thinking. I'll wrap it up like a person who's trying to be very uh, responsible in romantic situations. That was what you were probably thinking about. Man, do we have to slap that explicit back on the podcast oh my gosh, again? I, I think, think we so. do. Womp. <laughs> <laughs>